Welcome back, everyone. This is your host, Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and you're listening to another episode on the Truth That Heals podcast. And today, for this episode, I wanted to focus on the truth about the pain of being shunned, of being isolated, of being rejected, and then being told that this abuse, this painful abuse of being isolated, of being rejected, that that's being done out of love. Because I believe it isn't love. I believe it is a form of torture. But before we dive into the actual podcast, this episode, I just wanted to give a heads up. I've been recording from my cell phone. I've been very busy uh, with life and I have a job and I have so many things that I, I want to do. And I'll be honest, I don't have all the money in the world. I don't have the most amazing gadgets. I don't have that kind of funding. Uh, but what I do have is a lot of heart and a lot of guts to put myself out there and to record. And here I am recording <laughs> on my lunch break uh, just this intro about you know, letting you know, the audience, that the audio for this episode isn't going to be the best. Like I've said, um, I'm in, I've been recording this episode from my iPhone. And uh, the actual episode is going to be taken from a video that I recorded on, on this phone earlier. And so it'll be the audio from that video. So no special microphones, no special effects or sound effects. It's very hard to find the time, find the, you know, the patience. And then it's, it's, it's hard. But like I said, I have guts and I really believe in what I'm doing. And I believe that the truth really needs to be told. And that's why in this episode, we will be diving into the truth regarding the pain of being isolated. And also, I'll also be sharing how I felt at that time, because there was a time when I had to shun other people and there was a time when I myself was getting shunned. And there's a, a pain both ways. Shunning people is that pain of thinking that they are not good enough. You know, because we, we talk on this podcast regarding a lot about cults. And there's also a pain getting shunned, feeling rejected, feeling unloved. And yeah, maybe in, in some cults, they'll say, we do this out of love. We love you. But like I said, um, that isn't real love. I think it's a form of control, a form of coercion at times. They're trying to coerce you to obey them or whatever. Anyways, I've spoken enough for this intro. And just a heads up, again, the audio isn't going to be the best in this episode. But I'm trying my best. And I hope that you all understand and accept that I'm really trying. And it's, it's not easy, but I'm not the kind of person who likes to give up. And also just a little mention, I do have a Patreon. 
If you want to go and just support my channel, just help me out, uh, feel free to check it out and support or just give a like and subscribe on my YouTube and that'll be a great help. So without further ado, here is the episode on the Truth That Heals podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Last week, there was a tragedy that happened in Hamburg, Germany, when an ex-member of the Jehovah Witnesses decided to go to one of the kingdom halls and to take the lives of seven of the members. And as far as I know from reading news articles, that there may be one more whose life is still at risk. Sadly, this happened. It is an act of hatred. It is an act of violence. It is something evil, which should have never happened. And I, I do not accept those actions that that person did. Lately, I've been very inactive on Twitter. I'm usually more active. Lately, I've been a little bit less because reading that this tragedy that happened in Hamburg with the Jehovah Witnesses, it's, it's very painful. But what kind of added more pain to that wound of, you know, of seeing people's lives getting lost was I read tweets from members who, who currently are Jehovah Witnesses. And I'm not going to share the name of their accounts. I didn't uh, tag them. I didn't look, I didn't save it. But I, I read this tweet or a few tweets and this Jehovah Witness member was saying that this is proof that all ex-Jehovah Witnesses are full of hatred, that they want the destruction of the Kingdom Hall and, you know, all these things. And now I'm reading the responses and what I see from... You know, they call them XJWs. What I'm seeing there is that, like all of them, pretty much all of them were saying, hey, what that person did, deciding to go to the Kingdom Hall in Hamburg, Germany, and to do those acts of violence, that is not what we want. And I was reading all these tweets, how they were saying, we have family members there. We miss them. We want to hug them. We love them. We just want to talk to them. And then this person, who is still a, a Jehovah Witness, he's stuck on this narrative that anyone who leaves this group, that they are out to destroy the group, they're out, they're out because they're infested with demons or whatever, something. And it really resonated with me so much and this is my perspective because coming from a different angle, never being a Jehovah Witness, 
I was in a group which some struggle to find it, to call it culty. And only recently I've been able to call it culty. But we were also taught that there's a narrative. It's either you follow us, but if you leave us, you suck pretty much. I'm going to put it lightly. You suck. And I'll give you an instance. I'll give you an example from my own experience because I was trained also to shun and to stick to that narrative. So I remember I was in Alabama in 2005 and we were having, a, it's called a, a door convention. That's the name of the convention that we were having. And my parents were going to come. And so I was so excited because I had been away for already uh, one year. And then my parents come. And right when my parents land uh, at the airport in Alabama where this convention was happening, my superior at the time told me, Ryan, you need to ignore your family. You need to keep a distance from them. And he said that the reason was you need to be detached from uh, family. And two, you need to obey what I tell you. Because as your superior, when you're given obedience, obedience is the voice of God. So I was put in a position where... I'm being told that I have to pretty much shun my family to avoid them. Look the other way, even though they hadn't seen me in a year. Try to avoid them. And it, it's obedience. This is the voice of God. And so my mind was so confused because I'm thinking, well, isn't it in the Ten Commandments, honor your mother and your father? But the way that they taught us was no the highest thing over everything is that you obey whoever the superior is so my parents came and they you know when they saw me they tried to you know hug me and i tried to avoid them but it was it was hard and i was so conflicted because i'm thinking why on earth would god's voice be telling me to avoid them to push away and then they felt that and then only years later did they tell me how painful it was. And that was just one, one instance. That was just one moment. And I'm, I'm thinking about you know, other people who have left cults, who are, who are in cults. And they have to shun their family member or their best friend or even their spouse for the rest of their life because they're not so involved in the group. So when I did that to my parents, I remember that the, the way we were trained was that you have to defend the group. You have to defend the superior. So even though it's something that I didn't agree with, I, when my parents asked me, why were you being so uh, avoiding us? Why were you keeping a distance? We just wanted to hug you. We just wanted to give you a kiss and embrace and outwardly, I just said, the way I expressed myself was, well, you know, um, just uh, very busy, just a BS answer. But in my mind, I wanted to say, well, that was my obedience. They want us to do that. But I can't because I have to defend the group. 
I have to defend the superior. And then, so going back to those tweets of the Jehovah Witness, where that narrative is that anyone who isn't with us or who has left us, that they're all evil, they're all bad, uh, they'll, they'll take that tragedy that happened in Hamburg and use it as an example and will show, look, this is what all of XJWs want. But then just reading the, the comments, the replies on how so many of these ex-members long crave for an embrace, crave for just a hello, crave for an I love you. And they're not going to get that because you're being trained. You're being brainwashed or your, your thoughts are being reformed to think that to say I love you to an ex-member or to someone who isn't as deep in the group as you are, that you are now contaminating yourself. So it's, it's very, it, yeah, it's very culty. Exactly, very culty. But now I wanted to go a little bit deeper because there is this feeling of shunning, feeling of rejection, feeling of isolation. And people will say, oh, we, we do this because when you feel that pain, God will use it so that you can come back and join our group. So I've heard stories from uh, various ex-Jehovah Witnesses where they have been disfellowshipped. And then to come back, you have to beg. They were sharing about like begging and, you know, tears and crying. And then this board that is there, instead of showing compassion, instead of showing kindness, they said things like, well, you're not sorry enough. You're not repentant enough. And I think that they say those things because they are very perverse. It's a perversion. That's not being godly. That's not being Christ-like or whatever. And it's not only in the, Je the Jehovah Witnesses. It's even in the Catholic Church, even in the cult group that I was in, where someone, if someone doesn't pray like you do or someone isn't as oh, holy or devout, they'll make an example of you and, sh and they'll shun you and they'll say, oh, we're doing this because we, we love you. We love your soul. We, we want you to feel pain because that way you'll come back. And then when you come back, you know, they, they still give you the cold shoulder, which is totally messed up. But going to the Alliance of the Two Hearts, Father Bing's movement, the group that I was in, there was a period there where I did experience isolation, where I was in the community, but they put me in a chapel and expected me to pray all day. And years ago, I wouldn't be able to really share this. And maybe some of you are like, oh, it wasn't that bad. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't no torture. You were just in the room. You were just praying. You were with Jesus. It's a form of torture. It's a psychological torture. And it hurts the body. It ruins 
friendships, relationships. It ruined for a period my own identity because I was thinking, what the hell is this? I signed up to be a missionary. I signed up to be a brother, to maybe one day be a priest. I signed up to be taken care of. And then they reject me. And then it's a total gaslighting where now I'm thinking, did I sign up for this? But I didn't sign up for that crap. But if I were to if I were to say, hey, I'm I'm having a hard time, Father, with what's happening, the response would be, Well, you're a victim soul. You're supposed to take these sufferings and offer it to God. But what is really happening is sadly, it's abuse. It's a type of spiritual abuse where now dang, I'm already sweating. I would be in the chapel all day and it was like a punishment because I couldn't eat with the community. I couldn't pray with the community. Sometimes they would tag in and be there, but then after like an hour, they'd bounce and I'd be there all day from pretty much 1.30 in the morning until 10 p.m. with just a few breaks. I'd eat alone. I'd... I felt so I felt so miserable because they were telling me, "Oh, Ryan, you're saving so many souls. You're bringing souls to heaven." But they're they're it's very tricky. Because you know, they use examples from the Bible of how, you know, how Job suffered, of how Christ suffered. But I don't think that Christ Although he suffered, although he, he carried his cross, I don't think his message is make other people suffer. Make them suffer. And that was how the group of the Alliance of the Two Hearts of Father Bing's group, how they thought, how they, how they practiced their love was by making you suffer. And so during that one year in isolation, I was totally... It was so painful not having really anyone to, to talk to. Because if I talked to the other members, they would say, Oh man, just offer it up. Offer it up to God. He sees your pains and he knows that you're you're saving souls. You can have you you can't have a real conversation where it's uh, I don't enjoy this. You know, please let me out. It was no, you need a Keep your mouth mouth shut. Obey what we tell you because when you obey, you're obeying God. And so as long as you obey, you're going to be safe. So it totally messed up with my mind. And it totally messed with my heart. And so I'm bringing that because now let's go back to that original tweet by that Jehovah Witness person saying, all members are bad. Oh, all sorry. All ex-members are bad. They're terrible. They just want to destroy us. This narrative needs to change. And shunning, rejecting people is painful. And that is abuse. So yes, what happened in Hamburg is a disturbing, evil thing which shouldn't happen and it's a, a terrible thing 
But another terrible thing that is happening is how so many of these cults take the lives of their members. Because when I was in that isolation, I lost my identity. I lost trust in people. I lost trust in myself. And I remember once there was a brother, good guy, good guy. And one of, the, one of the things that I loved from the community was we have an hour of recreation every day. And we would go and play basketball. And I remember just for several months, just feeling so lost, feeling so depressed. And even though this pain was in my mind, it really echoed throughout my body. My heart felt cold. I felt so... I felt so hated by people whom I expected to love me. And I obeyed everything that they wanted from me. I obeyed it to the freaking letter without complaining. Now, you know, I, I talk more freely because I want people to be aware of how spiritually abusive things can be. But going back to this brother, I remember he went in the chapel where I was in my little isolation and he told me, hey, you know, um, why don't you take a break and I'll replace you. I'll stay here and you can go and play basketball. And I kept my head down and I said, no, it's okay. And he was like, come on, let's go. It's going to be fun. You know, you need a break. And I was like, no. That was because of all the isolation, all of that rejection, that type of bullying, that type of, it is a torture. I felt like, I didn't know who I was anymore. I felt like I didn't belong. I felt like I was hated. But it was so confusing because I knew deep in my heart that not all the members had that had that point of view. I knew like going to this this brother who wanted me to take a break and play basketball, I knew that many of them did love me. But because of bad superiors bad spiritual leaders like father bing i'm sorry but you're you were a very bad spiritual director there was no direction it was just fasting do this uh flagellate yourself okay um uh, sleep less i mean it was very bad spiritual direction and anytime myself or maybe even other members wanted to speak up and share hey we're suffering here the message was what well, jesus said you gotta pick up your cross you got to be tough. You got to deny yourself. That's not spiritual direction. That is spiritual abuse. And it is linked to this, this idea that you have the power to shun people. You have, they have this power trip where because we're on top, we have the right to make you feel down. We have that right to put you down. And why do we have that right? Because... As superiors, when we give an obedience, that's the voice of God. And we, can, we can't be wrong. So it's a very twisted ideology that Father Bing introduced. And that is why I link it with the tactics of other cults. And I wanted to share how painful it is when a member is shunned. And how, yes, what again, what happened in Hamsburg was evil 
But sadly, there's something more to the picture. It is the shunning. It is that, you know, we don't want to talk to you anymore. We can't even say, oh, I love you. And so I wanted to end it there. And I wanted to invite the audience, those who are watching, feel free to give a comment. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, give a comment. Or if you're listening to this on Spotify <laughs> or on any podcast platform, go to my YouTube, The Truth That Heals podcast. Check out this video and leave a comment. And I feel it is very important that we change the narrative. Their narrative shouldn't be all ex-members are bad. All ex-members are just trying to be evil. All ex-members are like my last uh, guest, uh, Michael Lash. How he shared how there's this narrative that if you leave or if you're struggling, it's because you're mentally diseased. I think that's, that's BS. Many of these people ex-members, I think that they are very clear in their thinking. So please go ahead, uh, go to my YouTube or to my Instagram, Truth That Heals Pod, or to my Twitter account and comment or reach out to me. Or you can reach me on my email if you want to talk more. And that is uh, the Truth That Heals Podcast at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Anthony Hernandez, and you've been listening to The Truth That Heals Podcast.